is the Faith in Angels Hospice Podcast. Over a decade of trust and service in our community. Each week, we'll talk about our experiences in the hospice field and provide a little education along the way. Have a listen and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Faith in Angels Hospice podcast. Uh, this one's actually kind of a special one because you're used to hearing us uh, talk with our clinical team. Today, we have a perspective from the family side. We have um, two family members, two daughters of a former patient of ours. Uh, I want to introduce you to Tanisa Conde. Hello, everyone. And Lana Olatoa. Hi, everyone. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be in care of their mother back in June, and uh, they've been kind enough to join us on this podcast and give us uh, some perspective, like I said, from the family side. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's appropriate to really start out with, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your mother, what kind of a life she lived. Well, prior to this whole episode, my mom and dad have been married. They would have been approaching their 50-year anniversary next month. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom's always been very involved in our lives, very active grandmother, mother. Um, Up until about two to three years ago, she was diagnosed with dementia. And then during COVID, it just kind of, you know, spiraled spiraled and and just took a full turnaround to the point where um, my sister and I were her primary caretakers and my dad bathing her and, you know, cooking her her meals and, I mean, everything a caretaker does. Yeah. Um, She started losing her balance. She had a couple falls, taking her to the doctors. The last one that she fell was um, ultimately what caused her passing she she had one hard fall she went into a coma state Uh, she had a lot of brain damage at that point and ended up in the hospital she was there for a few weeks hoping for improvement and then it came to a point where we had to make a collective decision between my sister my dad and I where do we go from there do we put her on life support or do we take her home for end-of-life hospice care and thankfully she did make that decision for us she um, had a, a DPA filled out where she wanted to she didn't want to prolong her life so that's the the situation we were in we were in a big um stressful time you know the biggest decision of our lives and then that's when you all came in to the picture yeah um the reason i brought that up is because um one of our nurses who was in care of your mother she noticed you guys had a very tight-knit very close uh, and a very loving family and you hope for that to be the case always, but it isn't necessarily. A lot of times, um, families can be fractured. I mean, we know this. But uh, the, our nurse, Alejandra, the point that she made to me about you guys was that um, you were a very loving and tight-knit family. Besides that, your mother was very involved in the, in the community. Uh, she had very... Uh, she was very socially participant and oh yeah, yeah. life of the party yeah, yeah. life of the party that's <laughs> yes. kind of what she said uh-huh. exactly yes, definitely. so yeah um how did you guys what was the decision like when you decided to finally enter uh your mother into hospice um as my sister mentioned it wasn't it was more so honoring her wishes yeah. Because she did, you know, she had that already um, in place that yeah. she did not want any type of life support. That made it a little easier on us. 
but then you know talking to the doctors and you're questioning like maybe there is some hope do we you always you know right? second guess yeah of course yeah and so that was really tough on us because nobody wants to feel like they're giving up yeah. any hope if, if there's any at all so that that was difficult there was a lot of discussion a lot of tears a lot of are we doing the right things a lot of praying a lot of a lot of everything you know and then we we went through the whole um interview process for for hospice which and i think a lot of people don't realize how hard that is and difficult and the other companies we felt like were more of a business but you all made it like more like it was family for us right um so you touched on something which is which we've actually talked about many times on previous episodes which is that advanced directive that's mm -hmm. something that your mother had in place right. mm -hmm. and she had that um power of attorney she had the dnr these are things that like you said this is probably you know the most difficult time in your family's life but that little mechanism having it in place goes a long way in alleviating some painful decisions that you all have to make because right. she's already made that decision for you Correct. so a lot of families if they don't have that with in the absence of an advanced directive there can be some uh, indecision there can be some contradicting decisions and then they kind of have to take it upon themselves to decide what to do but this right here highlights the importance of someone having that advanced directive done right. already how much did you guys know about hospice before you were confronted with this decision? Nothing. Zero. Yeah. Nothing. It was, to me, it was um, an ugly word. Cause you it just, can be, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was just like, that's it. Nail the coffin. You you know. And um, it just never felt that way with, with Faith and Angels. It just always felt like they were very concerned, very caring, helpful, and wanted to be there for us through the process and to reassure us that it would be okay and that she would be comfortable and that we were doing the right thing, you know? And, and that's ultimately, you know, why, why we were just eased into this very comfortably with, with faith and angels. Who was it that educated you guys about the hospice process? Cause we usually the admitting nurse, I mean, how was it going over the, the entire plan of care when they admit the patient in, they, at that point is that when they educate you and this is what we're going to this is what it is this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do it from right from the get-go right when we contacted them they kind of walked us through every process what to expect what the next move would be um making sure that we were comfortable with whatever decisions the process was going to be they planned everything ahead of time they stuck to the schedules they followed up they called um and we were contacted by numerous numerous members here yes yeah it wasn't just one it was like a, a team that would constantly make us feel comforted and and one thing that we really appreciated is that every step of the way they would really like you said educate us um tell us the process of what's going to happen and um we felt like very rest assured that they're shoot my mom is in good hands you know mm -hmm. what was the pain management side of things you know that can take a toll on a family like you said you had to unfortunately at times see your mother suffering so the pain cessation was that effective did you feel like there was a part of you that maybe couldn't communicate with her while she was under pain management so it's funny that that you bring that up because on our drive here we were talking and i said you know as you mentioned before we're a big 
tight-knit family. Yeah. So my mom just, you know, there was over an overabundance of people her entire month's stay at the hospital mm. prior to this step. And so we'd be down the hall letting somebody else go in to visit with her, and we can hear my mom grunting really loud down the hall. Even though she was in a coma state, mm -hmm. there was those painful grunts mm -hmm. that had us rushing in there and flagging down nurses mm -hmm. and, you know, something's going on. She's and, and she did that through the whole process. I mean, I'm not saying it's constant, but I'm saying daily yeah. you'd hear that yeah. pain. And that was one of the big things that my sister and I and my dad were concerned about bringing her home because it came down to, do you take her home for the hospice care or do you admit her to a facility? Right, it's and, patient care. And we were just playing it over and over in our head like we would have to hear her in so much pain being at home. Yeah. And that was that was a really hard decision. But then again, it was there's no place mom would want to be then home. So it was like, you know, take the good with the bad. And when we when we spoke with um, with Faith and Angels, they were assuring us of her comfort and everything else, which we kind of were very hopeful for, but weren't sure of because it had been a whole month long. So the conversation on the way here was, it's funny because when mom got home. We never heard that grunting once because she was so well cared for and the nurses would say, hey, um, I'm going to call in and see if we can increase because I'm noticing a little bit of discomfort. They're professional. They seen it. We never seen it coming and they made sure to stay ahead of it so that it was comfortable for her and comfortable for us throughout the process from beginning to the end. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure her being at home had a lot to do with that as well. You know, being in a familiar place, being surrounded by your loved ones, not being in such a clinical setting right not being in such a hospital um yeah i mean that's that's really what um at that point once a patient is admitted that's really what it comes down to is reduce suffering and make things as comfortable as possible right, yes. yeah. i know your mother was on uh continuous care from the beginning mm -hmm. so there was a nurse there um but you alluded to it before, beforehand, you all had to play the caregiver role. Right. And there are a lot of families who um, their loved one is in hospice, but they are not, uh, they don't require continuous care just yet. So during that time, uh, sometimes the family members also have to play the caregiving role. Right. Um, what was that like? And, you know, of course, it's your loved one, it's your mother, you, you want to be there for her, but at the same time, that takes a toll on you as well. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it was it was a it was a nice setting because they allowed us to be as involved as we wanted to be, and then also step all the way all the way back from it. But I feel like um, having continuous care the whole time put my sister and I at such an ease because it had been a couple of years where it was just primarily us doing all the caretaking. Mm -hmm. So you get to take a step back, take a breather, take in everything that's going on, and just enjoy our mom and. Her her final stages right. and we didn't have to worry so much although you know for those who don't necessarily need that continuous care I feel like Faith and Angels puts you in a good situation where they come they assess the situation your loved one is comfort you know comfortable and you're able to continue the care without you know um, the experience we had in the hospital with mm -hmm. all the grunting the moaning and, yeah. and so I like that the constant communication they had with us and that's what we appreciated we didn't feel alone and like my sister said if, if someone doesn't have that that constant care I mean we felt I know that their communication their contact it was always helpful for us you know during but it, um, 
it just really put our minds at ease. It really did. They really yeah. did comfort us. And something you said to me off air that kind of struck me was um, before hospice where you and uh, you both and your father were playing the primary caregivers. Um, but after she was admitted and now kind of the nurses take over full time, you said that's when I really got to be a daughter. Mm-hmm. At that point, I, got, I just I could stop playing the caregiving role and I could just be a daughter again, a daughter yeah. again for her. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. Above anything else, we could say that really yeah. is the thing that yeah. strikes. Mm-hmm. That really is the thing that, that comes through. That, I think, was the greatest gift of this whole mm-hmm. process was that we were able just to be daughters in the yeah. end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gave her the love that she needed, that she gave us all of our life. Right. Did you guys decide to go with a traditional burial, or were you? did you go with a cremation? She also had that in place. She's always oh, said, okay. I want to be she cremated. She was a responsible yeah. one. Yes, she was. <laughs> uh-huh. And she talked to us a lot about... Well, we're, like we said, we're a close-knit family, so we discuss a lot of things. We're very open with each other. And not only did she tell us verbally, but thank goodness she, you know, like we said, she wrote everything down for us. And she was, our mom was young. She was only 68 years old. Mm-hmm. So we're very grateful that she did that for us, you know. Again, made um, our decision much as easy as, as that hardest you know, decision can be. But um, she wanted to be cremated. She wanted to be she cremated. Wanted to be cremated. Yep. What advice could you offer to families in similar situations? Is there anything that, this is one of those situations where no matter how prepared you think you are, you're not prepared. You can't Mm -hmm. be. You can prepare in terms of paperwork and legal documents with a DNR and a will and a power of attorney, and those are all great things and you should do that. But in terms of what to expect, it's it's the most unexpected, right? Mm -hmm. Having been through it, what's something you might be able to offer to families that are going through something similar? I would say to not be so afraid of this process because that's what I was. I was terrified and I, you know, was just thinking the worst that um, she wouldn't be comfortable and that she'd be at home. And when you talk to like the staff here at Faith and Angels and they were giving us, um, they were consoling us over the whole thing and kind of giving us reassurance you have to really trust that because that exactly the way it told us that it was going to go is exactly how it went. I think my mom wouldn't have wanted any other way mm. if she could cho- chose for herself. Choose for herself, I'm mm. sorry. I would just, I would say not, not to be afraid. And that fear, it's something natural that comes oh, yeah. because the uh, context of hospice can feel like uh, you're giving up. It's, it's not that, but it can feel like that. Like you alluded to it um, yourself earlier. Well, there, you know, you're constantly, because it's a loved one, you want to look for things. Well, what about this doctor? What about this? This can, We might be able to do this. We might be able to do that. And nobody can blame you for looking at those options or exhausting any and every option that you have mm-hmm. at your disposal. Um, so that fear is natural. But I think it's comforting for anybody listening to hear you say that. Yeah, and, and, it, and it can be a very loving decision. Right. You know, you're not prolonging suffering. the suffering that my mom was going through. And you have to look at it as a different way. Instead of end-of-life care, this is a very loving decision to make for them. And you have to know that they're going to be well taken care of. You know, something that um, family members end up saying um, after the process is, uh, and of course, this, is, this depends on each uh, individual situation. This is not across the board. But a lot of family members end up saying, 
we should have looked at hospice earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that uh, reduction of suffering. Yes. You know? So yeah. just to make the patient as comfortable as possible. Right. And just so their family members, like you said, can just get to be family members. Right. Yeah. Because with, uh, with all the conversation and the dialogue we had in making the decision, you know, you're thinking, uh, uh, will I ever thing? regret it? Correct. You know, could could we have done more? Could we right. have? And it's never felt that way since. It felt like in the way that that it all played out, we honored her in the end mm-hmm. because she went out with no suffering. And I feel like it was a very loving decision on our parts. And Faith and Angels just really, really saw it through mm-hmm. the whole time. And we're not professionals. We never experienced this before. So that was one thing that, again, our mind was put to ease knowing that we have professionals mm-hmm. that um, you know walked us every step of the way and when they see my mom suffering you know it, it wasn't like they pushed um, their medication they would always call, um, ask us our thoughts um, every step of the way Alana yeah it was every step of the way and we felt like we felt very um, like my sister said giving my mom dignity um, her wishes her res- we respected my mom at the same time we felt like the whole company did every i mean mm-hmm. faith and angels were just amazing even after the process that was also our discussion yeah. even after the passing immediately getting the phone calls don't worry about anything we're reaching out we're calling you know the morgue we've got this taken care of following up do you need a chaplain how are you guys doing with the grieving would you like counseling and it there was just so much follow-up and so much care and concern and it was mind-blowing to us how well cared for not just my mom was but our family was during mm-hmm. the process mm-hmm. and that was so appreciated beyond measure it's there's there's no words we can put together to express our gratitude for the process that you guys you know had your hands in for us we're talking even from the bedding to the you know i mean just it was like a plethora of, of just care and we can't thank everybody enough i mean we constantly talk about this with my even my family was my whole family like we said we're close but everyone was so impressed with this, with this, um, with faith. You know, they thought that they, they still say we can't thank you all enough for this. Well, we appreciate that. And that also touches on the importance of <clears throat> patients and families uh, interviewing uh, multiple hospice agencies before making a decision. Yes. Because that is something that, I mean, we believe every hospice should do. Um, that the, the care doesn't stop um when the patient passes that the care continues even beyond that because yes you cared for the patient clinically and in a medical setting and stuff but now you have a family to care for right so that the bereavement and the grief support that should continue for for a long time afterwards because um because families need that they need the resources they need that they need that team to kind of look out for them sometimes yeah so and Elsie has been so wonderful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. She is, I can't say enough about her. She's just so amazing. And She's yeah. so grateful for her. Yeah. She's fantastic. I invited her, actually, to be here on, on this um, uh, with us because you, guys, you, you two do know each other. Um, she just had a prior engagement she couldn't get away yeah. from, but she wanted to be here. Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm so happy she put us in touch. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have met you. I'm very happy that you guys thank were our you. guests. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know it couldn't have been the easiest thing, but I, I, 
not only myself personally, but our agency as a whole. We're very, very appreciative of the two of you for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank yes. you for having us. So we, we, we are so grateful to you guys. Yes, Absolutely. Very. And we just want to say, too, thank you to our nurses, especially Crystal and Paul. They're amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. Just want to thank them. Best staff. Best staff, yes. Thank you, Tanisa Conde. Thank, thank you, Lana Olatoa. Appreciate you very, very much. Thank you for coming thank on. Thank you for having us, Ike. Yes, thank All you. Right. See you next time.